Hi team, so today's chat is with the wonderful Angela Ward of Rod and Gun. Angela is such a pleasure to work with and immediately you'll notice how humble she is despite over 20 years experience in e-commerce. For those of you that don't know the brand Down Under, Rod and Gun is a proud Kiwi brand, menswear brand actually, um, with an ever-growing global presence. What stands out the most is how they view their stores and their experiences are more than just a place to buy product. They want to make sure that every single customer interaction is authentic and memorable. So without further ado, here she is. Thank you okay. ever so much for joining us today, Angela. Um, it was really interesting when I asked you to come on because you said, I'm not an expert. And I was thinking, she is general manager of an international e-commerce business. There's no way she can say, I'm not an expert. Um, uh. <laughs> so thank you um, ever so much for joining us. How, how did you find yourself at Rod and Gun? What, what drew you to um, the business? Oh, well, it was actually through a friend of a friend who is in the industry and he was working at Rod and Gun. And we had socialized and talked about Rod and Gun. And I was at Easy Buy, which is another e-commerce, it's a catalog company actually. And I was there and he was saying he'd been bought in to do some, um, to kind of drive them digitally. And we were talking around ideas and bits and pieces. Didn't think anything of it. About a year and a half later, he contacted me and said, hey, would you be interested in just having a chat? to Mike have, have a simple chat and I was like okay and next thing you know he's got me doing a um show what would be your big tasks and I met with Mike and he was fabulous and wonderful and um a really great leader I I believe and he had such good vision for the brand and um I found myself oh oh, this could be really exciting. I'd never really worked menswear. I've done women's fashion. I've worked across homewares. I've worked in electronics. And it just kind of felt like the next evolution. So I decided to go there. And it was a great decision. Best decision. Oh, that, I mean, that's fantastic. And, and actually, um, it's an interesting time. So I joined February this year. And COVID obviously had been around since last March and they'd done it tough. They'd done it really tough as a lot of brands had, um, especially because New Zealand and Australia initially had very tough restrictions um, and kind of everything shut down in New Zealand. You couldn't even operate your distribution center to get goods out. So they only allowed um, deliveries for absolute essentials and then the government opened up after about I think we must have been at home for at least a week and they kind of said okay there are some things maybe we're going into winter that could be essential from a clothing perspective or from um, you know electronics someone's fridge breaks someone's tv breaks so um, they allowed essential items only so a lot of retailers got to upload essential items and then um yeah so I was actually an electronic brand then and then I um ended up of course 
in February at Rod and Gun. And, and as I said, they'd done it tough. They'd kind of flashed and burnt a lot of their prices. So, because um, you end up with a lot of stock when you're in a situation where you're closed down or your retail stores are closed. So it's quite a high stock situation. So had tried to clear through that stock through a discounting policy. And then we ended up in a situation where last July, they decided no more discounting and they went on this, this strategy, which has been fabulous for us, which was totally about um, our gun product, which is our, not our core lines, but our slightly elevated lines, uh, all on multi-buys. So you can buy multiples of them at a cheaper price. We no longer do any discounting from a percentage off or a dollar off during the season. We still treat our loyal customers um, a couple of times a year and we also have end of season sales and that is all we've done. So when I started in February, we were in a really lovely position of having gone through a little bit of pain, trading our way through that initially and um, you know, getting our customers used to that way of shopping. And then um, we came out the other side. So we were quite profit focused rather than um, sales focused. There's still a sales focus, but it is much more profit focused than sales. It's definitely a, a tactic that we see quite a lot with shirt companies and things like that, with your, mm. your four for hundred pounds is the typical offer mm. if you look at most retailers. Yeah. When you say it worked for you, what was the measure of success? Well, the measure of, it, of success for us has been, it's been multifaceted. So it has been top line sales. So top line sales actually grew rather than declined. Um, the profitability, liquidation of stock, how we're churning through our stock and how we're turning it, and um, the ability for us to have, be in a better stock position than last year, cl finish cleaner. Um, and like I said, overall, it's that GP amount yep. that comes through, which is fantastic. Oh, that is fantastic. So mm. um, some people won't know that you're, I mean, they'll probably guess by your accent now, but you guys are actually a Kiwi business. Um, <laughs> and so interestingly, in the middle of COVID, um, just before you joined, they decided to enter the UK. Um, and yeah. Why yeah. So why the UK? Um, Rod and Gun was a New Zealand business which ventured into Australia, highly successful in Australia. We ventured into the US. Um, and and our venturing out isn't just us opening retail stores, so it's always kind of a multi-prong attack in a way. So um, we're in Nordstrom in the US, we're in Neiman Marcus, Bloomingdale's, and then we've got small wholesalers that we're in as well. Um, we are also online and then we've got our own stores so we we've kind of done a 10-year adventure into the US and I think on about year eight we must have well we decided the UK was the next market for us I mean we've we've conquered New Zealand we've conquered Australia 
And, and in Australia, we've also done that similar strategy. So we're in department stores and concessions, as well as having dropship partnerships. And so the UK was kind of the natural next best fit. We also had a lot of, um, there are a lot of expats living, expat Kiwis and Australians living in the UK who knew and loved the brand. Um, a lot of people from the UK were purchasing it online anyway from the US or from Australia or New Zealand. So it, it was kind of the natural next best fit for us. And yes, we opened our first store on Conduit Street on in August 2019. And then of course COVID hit. So it was um, timing. It all comes down to timing, doesn't it? <laughs> Exceptional timing, some would say. Yeah. Um, it's a shame you've negotiated your rates, I'm imagining, just beforehand. But actually, mm -hmm you guys have handled the disruption. Um, you've obviously got a strong enough business in the other areas or in mm. the other um, geographical locations that you've managed to hold the store, um, even though people in the UK don't necessarily know Rod and Gun yet. But how, yes. how have you managed that? Because there's a lot of businesses that have obviously really struggled with that. Yeah, I think um, Mike, um, my CEO, has a fantastic um, philosophy. About it. He knows if we retreat, if we pull out, there's a high chance we will never try again because, you know, it is that whole thing of um, to open a store, to start a website is quite a big deal. Um, and we, we have been fortunate that we are a global business. So when the rest of the world was locked down and locked up and going through terrible COVID situations, we were fortunate that Australia and New Zealand were um, in a much better position. So we, as, as a business, our Australian and New Zealand business has been going gangbusters. Like it's fantastic for us. And that is across all of the channels that we're on. So like I said, department store concessions in Australia and New Zealand, our own stores, our on, own online businesses, as well as our dropship partnerships. So, and they're all, um, they're all growing. They're all really successful relationships. So they have enabled us to support the um, pain that we were feeling in the US and the UK. The US was a little bit more sheltered because we had um, the relationship with the department stores there. So because of that, our wholesale business um, is extremely successful and continues to grow. So that was able to support our US business. And the UK, we just really consolidated. We were lucky there was um, the, what was the, the government support for the staff? It's called something different in every but, country. Uh, yeah. yeah, so um, we were able to leverage that for our staff. And our staff are incredibly um, supportive of the brand. and. Um, Christo, who was our, or is our store manager there, he's actually moving back to Australia. He's been with us for years, he'd moved there. So he wanted to see it work and see it succeed. So when you've got good staff behind you, it um, makes such a difference as well. So um, yeah, we just really kind of realized we're not gonna overextend ourselves. 
we're not going to um, go out and spend masses on digital marketing. We've got a tiny database there. We're kind of consolidated. And in both the US and the UK, we shrunk our budgets and we just held, we, we were like, let's just make sure we're washing our face. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so actually in the UK, you had an interesting model when you got started in terms of you are pick and packing all your e-commerce orders from store, mm. which is mm. uh, very, very interesting. It's not it's it's something that a number of businesses try to do. And, you know, is is that a long term strategy? Is that something you're continuing? Look, um, for us at the moment, because we are still quite small and we're feeling our way, and like I said, we've got a small database there, it absolutely is our um, the way we see moving forward at the moment. Um, like the USO, when we get larger, no doubt we will require a 3PL. I mean, our, our ideal scenario is that we once again, like in the US, we have wholesale partners, we have our own retail, and we also have dropship partnerships. So we are, we are now actively out there trying to um, find those, those good synergies with other dropship, other marketplaces in the UK that um, will, our brand will sit well on. And as soon as we grow, there will be a 3PL option, but at the moment, um, it's definitely a pick from store situation. And, and it works for us. We also um, have within that store, because it's a large store, it's got a downstairs and it's two levels. Um, we have a customer service person who's part of our e-lodge. So our customer service is global. They're based in each country. So it means that 24-7 basically our live chat is going and they can answer questions about any customer's order in any country or um, you know pick something up for someone else to finish the response the next day so customers always feel like they're getting a, um, a personal touch we also have decided to not go the chatbot route because we have this wide this wide network of customer service agents and it serves us well as a business. So um, the person who looks after the e-lodge in the UK is also picking and packing the orders and looking after the orders from that perspective. So it doesn't take away from the staff on the shop floor. So that actually probably helps because you've got if someone's got a question about their order, chances are that person has picked and packed it and therefore I yeah. agree that you can only do that when you're a small business, but yeah. definitely has plays dividends. You can see that. Yeah, definitely. At the moment it does. Um in the US, I know I'm talking about the US, we do work with a three PL called Bergen and all of our online orders go from Bergen, but we still have a customer service person in a store who is able to answer questions and has a good relationship with Bergen as well as with um, us and everything, all the carriers and everything and works really hard to um, keep on top of her orders <laughs> as well. So, yeah. And it's quite interesting though, you say, you say you're talking about the US, but honestly, that's fine. And, and it's interesting that you've gone down all those Anglophile nations in terms of, and, and it makes sense because you don't have to do the translation and, and there's a lot of cultural similarities, but there's also a lot of cultural differences. How, 
what is it about rod and gun do you think that that enables you guys uh, or what about the brand enables you to access all those markets because they are quite different <laughs> well you'd be surprised i actually think the new zealand australian and the uk markets when we look at our top sellers they're very similar they are very similar styles um things that work here we typically know will work well in the uk so um we've just launched our fernmark range we're a licensed fernmark holder so the the fern that's on the all blacks um is a licensed um, entity in New Zealand, you have to apply to be able to have it. And that range has just been launched in Australia, New Zealand and the UK. I didn't say the US. So hasn't that kind of sweatshirt casual dressing doesn't work as well for us in the US. Um, in the US, we sell more um, linen shirts, um, more more of our shirting programs than we do anywhere else and they love the jacket they, I guess they, um, they're not rugby fans right they, the fern doesn't no. mean as much to them as it would to the no British. no definitely not and but even when we did um like just our sweatshirting range and our win-win range and things like that they just didn't it didn't resonate as much with the US um and when I look at my categories that sell Sweatshirts is not one of those categories, even with COVID, that has sold really well for us in the US. So there are definite differences. Um, but it's crazy. Our brand resonates with so many um, different types of people. We Nordstrom's find it very difficult to to put us into this little box and they say when we look at your brand and we look at other brands that people shop your brand and what they're buying it's so broad and it's so diverse we can't say your customer is this one thing and that's really nice yeah yeah i can absolutely understand that and mm. and it, it it must make it challenging from a digital marketing perspective um because you've got so many different people that you appeal to but i guess you've also got avatars that you're working towards you know um, yeah. those different types of customer that you appeal to so yeah that's really and one of the things that um i love watching your instagram on and things like this is you guys are such an experiential brand you know yes. you really you're not just a store that's trying to push shirts that that isn't who you are as a brand actually you offer such a different range of experiences and and such mm. a uh, motivational lifestyle actually with your imagery mm. and how you do it is that do you think that investing in that is worthwhile for the brand um and how oh. do you measure that because yeah it could be a bottomless <laughs> budget right <laughs> it, it, yes it definitely could be um look we are i think our biggest mission is to promote new zealand and to promote an experience we don't just want rod and gun to be about clothes we want we want you to feel something when you buy our clothes we want you to connect with them we want you to connect with us we want you to have an amazing experience when you go to our lodge our lodges 
So we call all of our stores lodges. And when you go to our lodge bars, which are currently in New Zealand, um, you know, we want you to have that experience. We've recently partnered with a luxury travel company who can customise um, those travel experiences in New Zealand that our customers love, things like um, golf trips, helicopter trips up mountains, so you can go heli skiing, that sort of experience. And we just, um, we love talking about New Zealand. That's how we measure our, our um, success is how much we're getting our brand out there and um, hearing people like you say how beautiful the imagery is and how, um, how much you see that we're, we're doing all of this and we are really doing it because we want it to be a great experience for our customer. And that's kind of the evolution that we're going through digitally as well. So um, we have started on a bit of a bit of a change program. So we're trying to get the website looking better. I mean, we've got beautiful imagery already, get the functionality working perfectly, getting the whole experience for the customer amazing, but not just when they click checkout, we, we're looking at our final mile as well. What is the packaging that they get? Does it match their expectations of the brand? Because we do do all of this amazing stuff and we want to make sure that right up until, you know, that's delivered and you've opened it, that you you get that experience of New Zealand and you um, you actually connect with the brand. That's what we want. I think it's really interesting because I received my first ever Huel package yesterday. I don't know if you know what Huel is in, in New Zealand, but it's um no. like a complete um, vitamin and protein drink. So Ooh. that and uh, that covers all your daily vitamin requirements, everything in one go. And it's got a huge brand over here in the UK. Um, but I was very skeptical. I, I haven't purchased it for a long time. <laughs> it's about that being in the market. And you know what? I received my package yesterday and the branding was on point. And you couldn't help but feel that way when you opened it. And you had the yeah. beautiful um, uh, booklet on exactly what what was in it, the vitamins, how they'd found mm -hmm. it, how they've made it, how it's sustainable, what its vegan yeah. credentials are. They they cared they cared what the consumers yeah. and um as a first customer they threw in you know like an extra t-shirt so that you could feel part of the family um everything actually i think the delivery was better than the rest of the process i now <laughs> part of it i don't even i haven't tried it yet i don't even know if i'm gonna like it but i felt like oh this is a great brand you know they really care about me they care what i think mm. um yeah and they're, they're looking out so yeah it's it's just really interesting how some brands just miss the mark on that and go for the cheapest packaging. They go for, yeah. if you think about the sustainability angle or anything else, um, I think yeah. it's so important. Luxury or not, you know, regardless of yeah. what the brand is, consumers respect 100%. 100%. And that is why um, we are putting a lot of effort into getting that right and making sure that our customers do. I mean, they get a beautiful box now. They get a card cardboard box which has rod and gum with the dog the pointer on the top and then they open it and it's wrapped so they're already getting that experience which is amazing but we want to make it better we want you know we want you to feel immersed in the rod and gun world when you open that parcel
yeah no I, I think that makes absolute sense and um mm. it, it's just really interesting to hear about a brand that has actually come the other way we hear about a lot of english brands that that then try and dominate the world but actually we don't hear about that many australian <laughs> brands that then come back over um, and keep your brand feel you know you haven't yeah. lost it to try and become english you haven't lost it to become american you have actually stayed firm in in Rodinger. And, and to be honest with you um we've made a very conscious decision to have rod and gun new zealand written because in Australia, we, we for years have just had Rod and Gun. And then when we launched in the US, we had Rod and Gun New Zealand as our branding. And in the UK, Rod and Gun New Zealand. And so we have um, consciously decided to roll that out into Australia as well, off the back of the success in the UK and the US. And, um, you know, we've got to be proud of our heritage and our origins. So, we're just um, making sure that everyone else becomes, you know, proud of that as well and wants to wear our clothes. So, yeah. What's the biggest challenge going to be of this next year? You know, hopefully we're, <sighs> we're coming out of this this into a new world. You come Honestly, the biggest challenge for, I believe, any e-commerce business is going to be logistics, getting stock to the right place at the right time. Um, we, at the moment, things are landing for us in the US and we can't get our hands on our stock because that LA port is um, so massive. And, you know, things have been held up in the UK with Brexit and, you know, we seem to have gotten through that okay, except I know when I first started, it was quite, a, a large issue for us and um, I have we have a fantastic stock controller for the US UK who sits in my office because our office is split across Australia and New Zealand so didn't tell you that either but um, Lily does sit in in the office with us and she is amazing with her stock control and has really good relationships with um, all of the freight forwarders and is constantly working hard to make sure that that stock is there and it means my team has access to her and we know like if we have to change edms or if we have to change out banners because things that we're forward planned haven't arrived and we can easily have a conversation but that is going to be our biggest challenge and you know we've got massive growth plans but you have to have the stock to support the growth and that is going to be the challenge getting stock around the world getting it to the ports getting it offloaded um yeah here in new zealand ships are backed up i live near the ports of auckland and around behind rangitoto island which is outside my window there are vessels just backed up i went on a sailing boat a while ago out there with some friends and we went past all of these massive container ships and they're just waiting to get into port and it's just a worldwide issue and i think it's just going to become harder and harder and you've also got the added pressure of factories closing down because of covid restrictions and then opening up again and it's just um it's just a massive ball of um tangledness that needs to be untangled so yeah. and I think it will take a few years 
Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had a, a vessel pull into uh, Felixstowe last week, which um, has been sat on the Suez Canal for two years. So um, it, it got stuck and they had some challenges. And so it's just come in and they said the value of the goods on it was 750 million. Yeah. Isn't that just insane? It's absolutely crazy that mm. um, something can be held up that long. Yeah. yeah. I'm just really hoping that my sofas are on it because I ordered them like a year ago and they're still <laughs> not Little Little wins. Um, <laughs> well, look, I really appreciate your, your candidness and your honesty. Um, apart from Rod and Gun, who would you say is your favourite e-commerce brand right now? Oh, look, I am... Um, I secretly am a skincare freak and <laughs> I have not makeup skincare I'm all about you know I'm getting old you've got to look after your skin sunblock things like that but I am um, in New Zealand and Australia there is a brand called Mecca which mm -hmm. is my absolute favorite brand to go into but also my favorite brand online um, so they're their emails are personalized to me. They send me every three months, you're due for a new mascara. Bang. So I know, you know, I don't have to think about things like that. They have package choices when you check out, do you want the gift box or do you want the sustainable option? You know, they just put a lot of thought into um, their, their customer service. You get your delivery next day, which is amazing delivery free they have a beauty loop box so a loyalty a loyalty program and um because i tend to spend a little bit i'm always in the top tier and i'm always getting and and it's so clever because they'll send an send me an email and say the next beauty loop box is out and you have to spend money to get it so i go on and i buy because i don't want to miss out. <laughs> <laughs> it's such clever marketing so <laughs> and they do an amazing job and they have um, not mainstream brands either. So you try some quite different things. And yeah, I just, I and I love buying gifts for people from there as well, because I think, you know, the box is so beautiful that it comes in when it is a gift box. Like I usually get the sustainable packaging, but when I get a gift, it's so stunningly beautiful and it's really worth it. So. Interesting. Okay, but it, yeah. it's very, it, I mean, yet again, we've, we've talked about it. It's really clear about what stood in your memory, why you feel that mm. way. And it's not just mm. marketing emails, but actually, yet again, it's how you feel when it's delivered. And it's how yeah, you feel exactly. opening it. And that's obviously yeah. such an important factor that's and so open. The little goodies that come out that aren't just the beauty look, they'll always just chuck in a little, here, sample this. And you're like, ooh. Yeah, and, and I guess that's actually replicating your in-store experience, though, because if you were in-store, yeah. they would say, oh, try these samples, you know, yeah. uh, in the UK, definitely, if you were to go to Boots, you know, your Esther Lauder lady would try and upsell you and she'd throw you a couple of samples, and yeah, a lot of e-com businesses don't do that. Last question. Okay. If I could ask another e-commerce brand any question, what would you want the answer to? Oh, I, I want that magic that magic formula that makes people sign up to your database how do I acquire more customers in a new country going into a new region um, it's obviously about acquisition and acquisition is expensive I'd love to know the most successful thing that they've done for acquisition that hasn't cost a fortune 
and has created stickability, not just getting the database out for the sake of it. I want good quality, you know, stickable customers. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's a good question. And, and yeah. as, a, as a new entry into the market, it was funny because I was thinking about your beauty example straight away. I was like, well, you've got a perfect example of how they do it, but they've been in the market a while. So, mm. okay. Yeah. Well, look, um, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, your time, your inside info, uh, what it's been like over the last six months at Rod and Gun um, and the last three years with COVID. I think it's really, really interesting. Um, and I know that some of the smaller brands and the big brands alike um, on Ecom Experts will, will appreciate your insight. So thank you ever so much for your time. That's all right. Thank and you very much. And staying up late. What time oh, is it? It's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>